0: Grapes are special, you know. They, they have all the characteristics of a human cell. They have energy systems, they have uh, special uh, systems to remove all the bad stuff from them. Grapes have actually been used as a product to measure human aging programs, and uh, they're a little expensive to do that, so that's the, they don't, don't do that routinely, but the, it, it just says that these things are, are a living product. Even when it's developed as wine, it's a living product yeah. and it's still alive in the glass mm-hmm. uh, and is there to be enjoyed and to be appreciated. Fusebox.
1: This is fuse box number two hundred thirteen. Heard it through the grapevine, and you just might want to take the whole day off.
2: And uh, may we point you in the direction of a lovely winery to spend your day? Hmm. <coughs> Greetings, friends, and welcome in to this. The 213th edition of Fusebox, intoxicatingly entitled Heard It Through the Grapevine And uh, so much more about that in a bit I'm your Exploring the Feasibility of Plaid Wine Varietals Host, Mark Rose And over there, polishing The matching Swiss stemware set to a radiant brilliance The Prime Minister of the Preamp Milk Canes, everybody.
1: Well, thank you kindly. Uh, We clearly have a theme going on here, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, how very perceptive of you, Mr. Canes.
1: Well, I am awake most of the time. Hey, and this is it, bro. Last show of the year.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. This is the uh, last show of the year and one that features, may I add, A delightful interview segment with the owner of one of Oregon's premier wineries, uh, Donald Olson, of Torrey Moore Vineyards, who uh, also, for those of you who are paying attention, was the subject of our pre-roll on the uh, top of the show there.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, that interview gave me a powerful thirst.
2: Well, I sincerely hope so, Mr. Keynes, as they do some extraordinary wines over there in a uh, most unique and... Dare I say, magical setting But uh, we'll get into that in a bit
1: You know, I know we do this every year But we're gonna be starting our ninth year of this thing
2: (laughs) We are, and you know what? This time, we are really starting the ninth year And not just saying that we're starting our ninth year every year (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was getting old
2: (laughs) Well, it's kind of like this show, right? Soon the little show will have to enter middle school and scare all the other shows into giving it their milk money
1: Yeah, show's a bully, bro Yeah,
2: headed for no good, Mr. Cain Probably end up hooked on Twizzlers and selling fake NFTs on some obscure social media platform
1: Wait I thought they were all fake
2: <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of stealing artwork From international retailers And claiming it all as your own We have so many gall darn wondrous things Planned for the next year That it is a virtual Phantasmagorical panoply Of potentialities that will thrill Amaze And make you downright stupid With delight
1: Wow We are talking about our show
2: most assuredly so, sir You know, seriously, we've been trying like crazy To uh, schedule a few folks since last year uh, But for uh, one reason or another, timings have been a little challenging And so it uh, it looks like we're finally getting zeroed in And uh, we'll gab more about uh, them and those and all that uh, when we have but Altogether.
1: And there's going to be another remote, too, right?
2: Uh, yes, Mr. Keynes, there will be a triumphant return to uh, Suicide Sally's Because, well, they uh, forgave us for that unfortunate but uh, small bathroom fire that we caused the last time we were in there But we're headed back there for a uh, look back at the preceding year for uh, box And all that transpired And uh, will transpire And all that stuff going forward So
1: Oh, and, and folks uh, This uh, live end of the year thing uh, It's not a clip show So don't worry We'd never do that to you twice in one year <laughs> <laughs> For sure <laughs> You know, uh, we may
2: be in a quest For audio domination throughout the world But we're not insane Well... At least I'm not. I'm not so sure about Eco and Milo, either.
1: Bathroom fire! Yay! (laughs) Uh,
2: Be that, as it mustn't, we'll have the whole gang over there, Jeff Pollard and uh, Regina Carroll, and uh, just have a real honest-to-goodness radio debriefing, as it were.
1: Well, that last one we did was a hoot, so... uh... I hope you can have lightning strike a second time for you,
2: well, as long as it doesn't set the bathroom on fire i'm uh, I'm good with it so uh friends, may i uh suggest something here if you haven't checked out our Instagram shenanigans? May I humbly invite you to do so it's uh <laughs> It's rather a fun and Kind of quirky place over there, I have to say
1: Yeah, I'm totally clueless with the InstaFace tweet (laughs) Hell, I I was even in that meeting with you and Regina And she was going over that thing And my my head exploded about 90 seconds in I think she lost me with click here
2: (laughs) Well, I'm a a bit overwhelmed myself But I I do see the creative potential of the thing And and, uh, friends... Just saying, if the Book of Face has you screaming and yelling and maybe throwing your cat into the straw foliage arrangement, do not come here. This place is for power users. Now, I know, these folks don't think of it that way. But trust me, (laughs) it is the Autobahn of social media platforms. Uh, Not for the faint of heart, no, really. Lots of ways to communicate and uh, pretty cleverly, I must say, in some cases So, yeah, I'm in there, the the show is in there And uh, without the beneficent guidance of our social media maven, Regina Carroll I surely would not be But uh, I gotta say, it's it's kind of fun What? Say it isn't so No, I know, I know, I know You know, because more and more as of late I've become increasingly aligned with your views On this uh, anti-social media thing But seriously, uh, this one It's kind of like that odd cookie Yes, it's blue with chartreuse spots and has feathers But it just smells so darn good You just have to try it
1: Well... As long as it doesn't quack When you bite into it I guess you're okay
2: Yeah Well, in any event uh, Check us out over there If you haven't It's a, it's a grand time to be had And, uh, you know uh, At this moment right here in time and space We shall take a short break And get out the nice glasses Because uh, when we return A visit to a magical winery Oh, now I understand <laughs> The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com We
1: are back, bro.
2: Well, thank you, sir. You know, I hope you're all thirsty for experience, friends. Because uh, we have a delicious feature here to pour into your ear holes. I want to preface this interview with a little backstory, though, if I may. You may? Uh, Thank you. I was first introduced to Tory Moore Vineyards uh, through a friend of the show And a subject of an interview himself a few years back Filmmaker and writer Kelly Baker We made the trek to the wilds of Dundee, Oregon uh, About a 45-minute drive from where I sit this very moment To to visit a winery he had been raving about for some time And, uh, you know, well, I, I said to myself I like wine Dundee is a very bucolic place And it uh, would make for a great break From this rather tedious audio edit I was endeavoring to complete at that time So uh, we get out there And uh, as we approach the vineyard Nestled in some trees off the road and down the hill Something becomes very noticeable A sort of tranquility A kind of All things in balance, quality that was most curious and uh, quite delightful Frankly, not something I have encountered uh, in any winery I have visited before Uh, Maybe a monastery, perhaps
1: Well, I hear monks make some killer brew, bro Uh,
2: Have for centuries, yeah Well, we park and immediately I uh, notice to the right a Japanese garden Has been worked into the cemetery of the property there And uh, we uh, mosey up the wooden stairs to the main tasting room And it's becoming more apparent That there is clearly a Japanese or Asian sensibility About all the uh, designing and the cleanliness of lines in this architecture So the second you step into the main entrance It hits you Seriously It's a palpable sensation of like Of Harmony and centeredness that really, really must be experienced to truly appreciate Uh, We're greeted by Sapna with a very welcoming smile and you really get the feeling You've come to someplace special without any pretense at all Uh, We were then uh, invited out uh, on the uh, deck to sample a few varieties uh, and 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 this deck, by the way Is a major confluence of energy Let me tell you Were there unicorns? Well, not that I could see But I have been informed by a person close to the matter That they are big fans of Pinot Noir Huh Yeah So uh, the deck sprawls and overlooks Much of the vineyard that uh, goes on For what seems like miles But it just goes on and on So w- we sit there and it just Washes over you This, this peace and uh, centeredness I mean, you know, look I, I, I've been to areas in this country That are supposed to be very sacred spaces And, uh, you know, possess some uh, mystical characteristic but, but I gotta say This place had more zen going on Than a dozen of those places I've been to
1: And you came back?
2: I <laughs> know oh, <laughs> Well, you know, I offered to edit audio for rent but they just smiled and uh, handed me a glass
1: Yeah, they get that all the time
2: Yeah So uh, recently, uh, several of us had the opportunity to attend Tory Moore's uh, End of Harvest celebration And I was fortunate enough to uh, meet the owner, Donald Olson And uh, I asked him if uh, he might consider recording an interview for our humble program here And much to my shock and amazement, he said sure
1: Uh, That, of course, had two benefits
2: (laughs) Yes, it indeed did
1: One, you get a great interview And two, you get to go back there to record it
2: You know me too well, Mr. Keynes Uh, uh, Don is a fascinating chap Former neurosurgeon turned vineyard owner Among other things in his uh, storied career so, what follows is actually an a, a, um, edited version of our talk. And for those uh, Patreon-subscribing folks, uh, bless you, bless you, you can hear the entire thing on our uh, page there. So, without further uh, prattling on here, let's talk with Don Olson, owner of Tory Moore Vineyards, on this...
1: The Fusebox Interview.
2: First of all, congratulations on, a, on an end of harvest. We were here uh, not too long ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, when you had that uh, little soiree. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Yeah.
0: So that,
2: uh, It was
0: a difficult year. So.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, how has the the uh, pandemic situation affected? <laughs> well, who knows the answer to that? But, uh,
0: but I, uh, in terms of of who we are as a small winery and what uh, we believe is to be a good product that is underexposed and uh, it's important to us to be who we say we are and it's important to us to uh, be 100% committed to doing the very best job we can do So and that means customer service and uh, in other life I was a physician and this, you can't do neurosurgery if people don't do well. <laughs>
2: out of a negative cell yeah <laughs> so you better do well
0: <laughs> and that means you better work at what you're doing and make sure it's done right so and that's right. Uh, and same goes in the wine business uh, you, you can't accept second best and you do it as good as you can that's the way we run this business we, i started this in uh, 1993 been doing it with, well i started with nothing we basically accept the grapes from this small little vineyard here and uh, that being said, we're now larger up by a considerable margin. We're now up to around 10,000 cases, and, uh, and as I said, started with maybe a thousand cases. And uh,
2: now this vineyard or Torrey Moore as a, as a property has been here since 72, since is that
0: what I understand? Yeah, it got planted in 72. I bought it in 85. And uh, at that time I was working in Nevada and uh, and I was not happy there. And uh, and I uh, read a newspaper in the Wall Street Journal that said, maybe the best place in the world to grow Pinot Noir is Dundee, Oregon. And of course my, my question was, where is Dundee, Oregon? <laughs> Fair and, question. Uh, so, I had a son, yet like all things, I had a teenage son, and they he knew everything, and so I asked him, and uh, he had a girlfriend who was even smarter than he was, and so uh, proceeded to learn that she was from Oregon, and Dundee, Oregon was someplace I ought to come visit, so I did. With that, uh, on a Saturday morning, I came here and, uh, and had an opportunity to uh, feel the, whatever you want to call this feeling that we have here, because I think there is something here. Well, you
2: know. that is what I uh, wanted to, to uh, delve into a little bit, Don. Because as I was uh, speaking with you earlier, when I first came to this place, I was absolutely compelled to find out what is going on energetically in this place. It is—it goes beyond feng shui for those who you know pay attention to such things. It's a very centering kind of energy and I I notice as we look around here there's a lot of Eastern influences to yeah yeah. uh, that's
0: intentional so uh, I'm a student or always have been a student of Frank Lloyd Wright and and what he does and and originally from Wisconsin so had the privilege of seeing everything he's done pretty much because that's the area Uh, there's something special there as well I tried to mimic that as much as possible and uh, after a while there are certain things that happen to you in your life and you know them when you, when you get up there, but you can't explain them very well beforehand. So yeah. When I came here, I knew something was special. And uh, I sat out in this Japanese garden, and I love Japanese gardens, and uh, listened to the bugs, and uh, it was quiet. And with that, the, the experience of having the opportunity of being here and looking at the grapes and feeling the uh, energy, so to speak, in the field, in, in, the, in the grapes, Grapes are special, you know. They have all the characteristics of a human cell. They have energy systems, they have uh, special uh, systems to remove all the bad stuff from them. Grapes have actually been used as a product to measure human aging programs, and uh, they're a little expensive to do that, so that's the, they don't, don't do that routinely, but the, it, it just says that these things are, are a living product. Even when it's developed as wine, it's a living product and yeah. uh, still alive in the glass mm-hmm. uh, and is there to be enjoyed and to be appreciated. And the more you learn, the more you appreciate So right. Well, so,
2: and, and I find it also interesting that you came to this from a medical background.
0: I came from, as I said, from Wisconsin and I went to San Francisco as, a, as an intern. And in those days, when you were an intern, you worked very hard, it was typical to work 36 hours straight, and then 12 hours off, 24-7. So, uh, But when I did get time off, I would go up to Napa. And Napa's an easy place to fall in love with. And so I did. The more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. And uh, But I never thought in a million years I'd ever could own, own a winery. So, uh, But it became a passion. And uh, I got lucky along the line, and I won a fellowship to go anyplace place and the world I wanted to go. And I went to France. And the passion got worse. And, uh, yeah. From there, uh, the evolution of the idea that there's something special in wine that I truly enjoyed. And the more I learned, the more I got entangled with the idea. And it uh, hasn't gone away. And so it's, it's like a mistress. It never goes away.
2: <laughs> it is. So, uh, One that keeps giving. Yeah. Uh, as I understand, there was... There was a gentleman who works here as a winemaker who is either of Bordeaux or trained there or... Yeah, that's true.
0: Actually, uh, when I decided to do the winery, which was in 1993, and uh, a friend uh, who was seriously famous here in the in the vineyards in Dundee died, uh, and his winery in McFindwell became available, and these were friends of mine. And... Uh, so uh, I took it over, and, and my first winemaker was a gal uh, who uh, is also dead now, unfortunately. Who is the only winemaker in Oregon who's ever done 100 points on on a wine. Her name was Patty Green, and uh, so she worked with me for a number of years. And uh, as we gradually grew, and then uh, after her came. Jacques Tarré, which was uh, a French winemaker, uh, seven generations French winemaker from Bordeaux, from New St. George. So, uh, and uh, stylistically, uh, Patty Green style and, and Jacques style were different. And, and that's the whole thing about wine. It's, it's like life. It's style. It's how you live, not if you live. It's how you live. Those words... Uh, have stayed with me, and having lived in Paris for a while, it, it changes to you, i got to tell you that, no, no question about it. And uh, brought all that back, and as I said, when the opportunity arose, I, I, I bought this place in 1985, and initially sold my grapes to other people, and uh, then started a winery in 1993,
2: so. Yeah, well, what do you think it is about pinot in particular that is so popular here is it is it
0: the well i was totally unfamiliar with pinot until i went to france and uh, i liked the big heavy wines and uh, because i thought there was substance there and and the longer i had a chance to experience that the more i got went away from that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love the layering. I love the experience of of, of the, a great nose and a great uh, mouthfeel and, and a, a great finish and all the things mm-hmm. that you can pick up uh, characteristic of an Oregon Pinot Noir are what intrigue me. So and that's what we do predominantly. Our styles, classic French uh, Burgundian style, and uh, where it's got to have fruit forward, blackberry, cherry, uh, soft on the palate, never can bite you. And to have the opportunity to be in the mouth, good mouth feel, and and, and to to be able to experience uh, it in, in your mouth at the same time, because that's where alcohol is absorbed. It's in your mouth, not not in your stomach, but in your mouth. And then to have it finish long after it's out of your mouth, and, uh, and where you can, your taste buds are still alive, and you can feel the the experience of having had something very well balanced and eloquent in its nature. And these are the classics of a French Burgundian wine.
2: Mm-hmm. So. And some of the experiences I've had with the grape out here, I, I seem to be more of a fan of the fruit forward stuff in general. And that's, I think, what have impressed me most when I came here, not knowing any of what you just described. I was kind of knocked down because it, it was like, this is what I've been looking for permanently. And uh, most of the other stuff is, is very good, but you know, has that dry nature or, or sure. something like that. Yeah, this was very impressive, and, and you could tell, like in the uh, the event the other night, as we went back in certain years, you could definitely tell what's going on in this glass as, as the the years went back, a maturing was happening. There's certain qualities that were enhancing in it's a process. It is. Yeah, it's a true process. It's nature's process. That's mm-hmm. another beauty of it all.
0: It's a way how it, to identify with the land and uh, uh, and to be a part of of what the land gives back. And uh, I come from a farming family that goes back to the 1800s in Wisconsin to cut a farm out of nothing. And uh, that is a great honor, so to speak. I'm still a
2: farmer, so I've got my tractor to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we also had the uh, opportunity to try some of the other things that you're making here with grappa, the brandy, the the port, which is my personal favorite that's kind of unusual
0: yeah the, uh, it's interesting we we uh, decided to do the port as a, as kind of an experiment and uh, we had these lees from the Pinot Noir which we decided to distill so we got one of the first Sicilian licenses in Oregon. So we took and made alcohol out of it uh, and then used it to fortify a, a, a Syrah grape, which we, we were filling with, and uh, to make what turned out to be a port, which we put in the barrels to make It's really ruby port, but, but with a tawny flavor. And uh, and it's unique, and people really like it. And uh, I hope to take it in May to... Uh, uh, Portugal. I've asked to do just like like they do with Pinot Noir with the French years ago, and uh, I, I want to compete one on one. I want to lay it out there side by side and see if it, if it can compete on a blind tasting. Certainly a hit at my house.
2: Um, <laughs> I could say that. <laughs> so I, I I was overhearing a, a little conversation you were having with uh, my friends here earlier, and it sounds like you may have some. Other aspirations to raise the Oregon uh, wine awareness, not just around here, but statewide and, and maybe nationwide and internationally? Well, we, we've participated in a lot of stuff.
0: And, uh, you know, I've done side-by-side blind tastings in France with the best of French wine, and we've, we've done pretty well. And uh, so I have to say it's a really a great pleasure to be recognized and... Uh, uh, to be seen in one of the top hotels of the world and people you never knew before come up to you and talk about it. A couple of weeks ago, I was kind of at the, was equivalent to the Academy Awards of wine and uh, down in Napa and uh, and it was like old friends and uh, so I didn't deserve to
2: be there, when I was there so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, some that, days you get lucky, what can you say? Uh, Are there any prospects in the future as to what you might want to be experimenting with? Or? Oh, we're doing more of the spirits. Uh, I,
0: I just did a, a tequila, and, uh, and Mescal is known as the new tequila, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something we're playing with. Oh, I have a, a, a distiller here that's familiar with that and the state of Oregon's got a program in New Mexico coming up like the first week in, in December and we're going to be a part of that so uh, so it's 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 still too early to tell but, but it is something that I think we need to be aware of and a part of and clearly uh, from grapes you can make a pretty good brandy and I think yes. we have mm-hmm. and it uh, uh, got rated above 90 points with all the cognacs of the world and yeah. Uh, and uh, But we haven't gone public. We've never advertised. I think maybe we should be advertising. Probably but, time. But, well, probably time. Probably but, time. Uh, but we haven't. Right. And, uh, and uh, it's expensive to advertise. Uh, you know, we spend all of our, our time and money on making wine. And uh, growth is difficult over a period of time. And that's really. what what COVID really shut down, and that was why we are probably talking today, because we're all trying to get back at being who we are. Back to some form uh, of normalcy, uh, if that's possible. But the normal's changed. Yes, it has. And so I'm not sure it'll ever be what it used to be.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a difficult Uh, climb. uh, Uh, There's a lot of compromises uh, there. But in terms of getting your product out there, uh, do you use distributors?
0: Oh, yeah. We're we're in 37 states, four different countries at the present time. And uh, uh, it's always growing a little bit. But Mm -hmm. it's it's always a little here, a little there, forward Mm -hmm. and backward. and, and, And there's no... Magic to it all you can't push a button and make it work. Mm-hmm. I've been asked many times why when I went back to business school I learned one of the most important things you can do. is ask the question why five times uh, and answering that question you change each, each Question and, and pretty soon at the end of the fifth time you you got a pretty good idea of what's going on uh, being said uh, The why is it important to make a great wine? well firstly because You are who you are if you're not trying to do your best, you shouldn't be there, in my opinion. is secondly, what is the best? Well, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I think it changes. Mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity of being in a lot of places in the world and seeing some of the ancient uh, of vines and the ancient grape production programs uh, of the Caucasus, which is probably where Pinot Noir started. And, uh, and they made big pots, big clay pots. Didn't have barrels, to, and it was used mainly by the church as a commodity to Sell or trade or do whatever, and uh, I was in, in Italy in September, and uh, and I visited one of these old Italian wineries, who's, who were going back to using clay pots. It was amazing, and, uh, and and the quality I have to say was excellent. So I don't know, there's any magic out there. Uh, we talk about biodynamic farming and all these other things; they all work, but which is the best? I don't know. And we keep striving to find that. And every year is a different year. And uh, this year, uh, our harvest, uh, uh, 2022, has been really a pretty good year. And uh, the quality is excellent. So we didn't get hit with the smoke that we got hit in 2020, which was awful. Yeah, uh, and, I was going to ask. And uh, having that on top of COVID. And, uh, and Double whammy. The,
2: Did the fires affect? Oh, them? yeah.
0: They affected, probably reduced everything by a factor of 50%. Uh, and. And you had to be really careful what you did, and I, I learned more tricks than I probably had ever thought I'd learn. And I uh, did an awful lot of uh, those tricks to make our wine as good as it could be in the cellar. You, you know, great wine comes from the vineyard, but the the cellar, the, the winemaker, is there to nurture that great wine to make it the best that
2: can be. So. Wow. Wow indeed, Mr. Keynes. You know, I just love the way science and uh, even medicine find uh, their way into this uh, wine. (laughs) Much thanks to Don Olson and all the folks at Torrey Moore Winery for making that visit most
1: memorable. And uh,
2: I promise I will return
1: again and again and again. You know, I, I'm not much of a wine guy, but after hearing that interview, uh, I think Marcy and I should take that in.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, she would truly get the place.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. They, they don't do a lager over there, do they?
2: Uh, not to my knowledge. Damn good port, though. A- and a grappa and a brandy. You know, who who knows what they might be up to in the future. Just like you said.
1: Hey, maybe they'll do some of your pink platypus or whatever
2: green fairy Absinthe by name oh, who knows great things are in the offing there i do know this it's the end of this edition of fuse box and uh, the end of our broadcast season friends it's been an exciting year over here and uh, as i say Uh, We'll have all the partners in crime assembled for a uh, Year in Review show coming up uh, next month. And uh, thanks again, hugely and bigly too, to the folks at Tory Moore. Thanks to Sabra May for splendiferous ID pronouncifications. Thanks as well to the doctor of decibels over there, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so on and so forth.
1: Pleasure as always, and uh, folks, please consider subscribing to this here audio donut by clicking the subscribe button wherever you may have found it. Why, you can even do that on our very own webpage at thefuseboxshow.com.
2: And we know, writing can be a pain and tedious with a side of annoying but uh, jotting down a review on this here program would also be great. Again, wherever you may have found it. Thanks to you all for taking the ride with us this year and uh, next year, bigger and better than ever. I have been your aged in bourbon casks for maximum fuel efficiency host, Mark Rose saying, until our next cartoon. Fumes.